One of the key responsibilities of state and federal regulators is to help maintain the public's trust in the nation's financial system. One of the ways they go about maintaining this trust is by preventing bad actors and illicit funds from using banks and financial companies to move money. But here's the thing about bad actors. Just because there's a law on the books and a cop on the beat doesn't mean they stop trying. As laws get implemented and regulators monitor the system, financial criminals come up with new and creative ways to avoid detection. So regulators need to be nimble and adaptive. And every so often, they need Congress to pass laws to give them more tools and methods to do their job right. Today, we talk about a law Congress recently passed to help fight financial crime. And we focus specifically on how a few simple changes are helping state regulators, federal regulators, and banks team up to protect the financial system. I'm Matt Longacre, and this is Simply Stated. So today I'm joined by Nathan Ross and Jamie Flynn, two frequent contributors to our podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Matt. Thanks, Matt. All right. So today we're talking about uh, the Anti-Money Laundering Act, and this is a topic that can get a bit complicated. There's a lot of details to it. So to start, Nathan, for the uninitiated, could you give me a 60-second rundown of what the Anti-Money Laundering Act is and what it does? Sure, Matt. Thanks. Um, I think it's important to put the Anti-Money Laundering Act in context. Uh, We have a long uh, history and a large body of statutes and regulations that are designed to prevent bad actors from exploiting the financial system. Um, uh, The last major rewrite of those those laws and rules was the Patriot Act uh, that passed right after 9-11, as you'll recall, So the Anti-Money Laundering Act um, is about 20 years in the making, and it is uh, a substantial rewrite of all of the Bank Secrecy Act and anti-money laundering laws that exist to date. And basically what the Anti-Money Laundering Act does is that it kind of updates and streamlines and it kind of adds new pieces, uh, new tools for regulators, for financial institutions to go about fighting financial crime and preventing bad actors from exploiting the financial system. With so many customers and so much money in the financial system, preventing money laundering through banks is a pretty complicated and difficult process. How effective are banks and how effective is current law at that goal? So the banks do have proper tools in place to report bad actors to report the necessary requirements that they have to into FinCEN. However, this bill gets to improved coordination among the federal agencies and law enforcement and state financial regulators and other appropriate agencies, as well as international counterparts, which are tasked with um, establishing anti-money laundering and anti-terrorist financing. Also, FinCEN has to consult with the federal agencies as well as state regulators on streamlining requirements for reporting transactions. Also, FinCEN, along with state regulators, have to look at the current thresholds 
that these reporting um, structures flow into. The banks have always said, we feel like we're sending information into a proverbial black hole into FinCEN. We want validation that the information we're sending is correct. And so now there is this built-in communication within the act to have those proper channels established. Jamie, I'm going to piggyback on what you said. Matt, over the last 20 years, there's been this dynamic where there are a lot of people who obviously have an interest in stopping bad actors from exploiting the financial system, but they may not always be talking to each other really well. Um, As Jamie mentioned, banks are filing a lot of um, reports to FinCEN, which is an agency of Treasury. Uh, They're a financial intelligence agency. Law enforcement, whether it's the FBI uh, or others at the federal and state level, can use that information to try to track where illicit funds are going between which parties. And federal regulators, state regulators go in and examine banks for compliance with all these laws and rules. But a lot of times, kind of these different groups get kind of trapped in silos, and that has become apparent over you know many, many years. And so that's really one of the primary uh, objectives of the Anti-Money Laundering Act is to have everyone kind of talking together, coordinating together, looking at better, more intelligent information from the get-go in order to make the overall um, goal of stopping financial crime, you know, that much better and that much more um, effective going forward. So it sounds like the Anti-Money Laundering Act allows for better and more updated information to go to FinCEN for different agencies to be coordinating with each other better to look at the data and make it easier to identify places where there could be violations of law. Is that about it? That's correct. So it sounds to me like everything you described meant that the Anti-Money Laundering Act really was ripe for updating and all the laws surrounding bank secrecy and money laundering were ripe for updating. And it also sounds like state regulators had a lot to say about how they were involved in the process of looking for uh, people who are breaking the law. So did CSBS work with Congress to take the needs of state regulators into account? And if so, what did we ask Uh, Congress to do when they were passing the Anti-Money Laundering Act? CSBS and state regulators did work with Congress over many years as they were looking at various ways to improve the anti-money laundering regime. Um, So a couple of key ways. One, um, there's uh, in, in closest to home is the actual supervision that state regulators do. Uh, They do BSA compliance exams, thousands of them each year and state chartered banks. And so, as we mentioned earlier and talked about earlier, uh, the uh, Anti-Money Laundering Act is all about improving communication between the different parties here, the banks, the regulators, law enforcement, uh, you know, FinCEN, the Financial Intelligence uh, uh, Agency of the federal government. Um, And, you know, state regulators get all kinds of incredible insight and feedback in these uh, BSA exams that they conduct. And so one of the things we we talked with Congress about was, you know, if you go and change the way you do supervision, make sure that state regulators are able to provide that really interesting, um, uh, unique feedback to FinCEN, to law enforcement, to their federal regulatory counterparts, so that all that information is then wrapped up 
uh, and we're all looking at you know the same information, singing from the same song sheet, and uh, able to help um, the banks and other financial institutions uh, stop bad actors from exploiting uh, their institution. That was one key way, you know, big picture that we worked with Congress to uh, help update this regime. The other, this is a little further afield, but it is a big, big aspect of the legislation. There are new beneficial ownership reporting requirements that now exist for all types of business entities that did not exist before. This information is designed to make sure that banks, uh, that law enforcement, that others have this information on account holders at these institutions uh, from the get-go. Think of an example where um, someone goes and buys a high-rise in Miami or Manhattan, and it's you know just a shell company. Well, with beneficial ownership reporting, hopefully we'll know who's behind those shell companies now, right? And so we wanted to make sure that as you stand up that brand new beneficial ownership reporting uh, regime that um, that state governments, as they collect certain types of information here, uh, that that's brought into this process and that there's appropriate access to this information for all types of government agencies, whether at the state or federal level going forward, when they're trying to you know track the flow of money um, in and out of the financial system. All right. So you're talking at some pretty broad level about about making sure that reporting requirements are similar between the state and federal government, that the data looks the same, that people are coordinating with one another between different agencies and the state and federal government. Um, a lot of these things feel a bit abstract um, at the you know at the ten thousand foot level. What is the real impact of this bill? What impact will it have? on state regulators? What impact will it have on companies? What impact is it going to have on the relationship between regulators? What's really the end result of all of this hard work? Well, let me give one example, because I think this example illustrates how uh, the Anti-Money Laundering Act hopes uh, the new uh, regime will work going forward. Uh, Jamie mentioned earlier, banks file a lot of reports on suspicious activity that they see uh, when certain um, uh, you know, currency thresholds are passed. They have to file reports to FinCEN. And they, like Jamie said, uh, say, well, we don't ever know what happens to these reports that we file. <laughs> we just send them. We pay uh, compliance personnel to, to file these. We send them off to FinCEN. But we have no idea what happens with them. Well, the Anti-Money Laundering Act would... Um, Going forward, uh, every now and then during a BSA exam, someone from FinCEN will come to the bank uh, alongside a state regulator, uh, you know, alongside a federal regulator, sit down with the bank's board and its senior management and say, okay, you filed these SARS, uh, these suspicious activity reports. You filed these CTRs, these currency uh, transaction reports, and this is what law enforcement did with them. Uh, so it's it's the, uh, kind of closing that feedback loop, making it more intelligent. So the bank understands what's happening when they uh, file their reports. Um, state regulators, financial or federal regulators know what's going on. And FinCEN is telling everyone, OK, this is what law enforcement is doing here. Um, and that helps kind of everyone involved understand, one, the stakes, uh, you know, for all of this, like, what's actually occurring, what kind of 
threat patterns, uh, you know, threat analysis that law enforcement is doing with these reports that banks do. And it also um, kind of gets everyone, I think, on the same page in the sense that they they now know um, why they're doing what they're doing. And, uh, you know, the more folks are talking to each other, uh, the better the system will be. So I, I think that that's, you know, one way uh, that we're hoping to see kind of tangible results uh, on the other side of this. And, and another um, uh, portion of this uh, bill, Section 6101, uh, from a, regula- a regulator standpoint, communicating to a financial institution, is the establishment of national exam and supervision priorities. So this this section of the bill gets to what is the focus of the regulators this particular year? What should the banks be doing additionally than what they are doing? So should they be focusing on reporting? Should they be focusing on this aspect of BSA? Um, Because BSA compliance is so large for a financial institution, they are making sure that they're addressing everything they need to within the regulations. And so with this establishment, it gets them to streamline what they need to focus on and what are the hot topics of uh, FinCEN for that year so that banks understand what's important to FinCEN and combating terrorist financing. So pulling all that together, what I'm hearing is that Banks are better informed and see the value in the data that they're sending, that regulators, especially state regulators, are adding more value to investigations. Examiners, state and federal, are just better focused on the right things. And I'm guessing the end result then would be hopefully fewer bad actors escaping detection. That's the idea. So is there anything left to do? Is there anything that should have ended up in the Anti-Money Laundering Act or improvements to BSA AML that was missed? What's next um, in working on improving this sort of system? Well, this is a monumentous bill that um, has timeframes tied to many of the sections of the act. However, this isn't an act that's going to be implemented you know, 90 days from now. This is something that's going to take time to make sure that um, technology is built out because many of the sections of the act address technology. So that has to be established. Um, Looking at the regulations themselves, that's something that the the agencies, all federal agencies are tasked with in the bill. So there's a lot that has to go into just working out the um, sections and the amendments within this bill. Well, I would just say that really the the work starts now that the bill has passed, right? I mean, now federal regulators and uh, FinCEN and state regulators working alongside them, and frankly, many other stakeholders are going to be looking at implementation, and that's that's where we are today. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of the details are going to get worked out in the rulemaking process. So um, a lot to watch for here. So like most things in financial services, getting the law passed is really just the beginning. All right. So thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you so much, Nathan. This was really helpful. Thanks, Matt. Thank you, Matt. That's all for today. If you want to hear more about financial supervision, we've got you covered. All the year, we'll be talking about banks, legislation, supervision, fintechs, you name it. 
we'll take deep dives and provide short explainers on concepts in the news. Be sure to subscribe to Simply Stated on your favorite podcasting app to keep up to date with all we're doing. Thanks for listening. See you next time.